All right. Good to be back with you tonight. I love being with the people of God entering into a new year uh, because it's like a divine reset in the spirit. And I'll touch on it more tonight. God doesn't, like, it's not like something's changing in heaven when January 1st, but He is a God of seasons. And it's extremely important that you discern what season you're in, are, are personally and corporately, uh, because if you don't discern the season, you can live quite frustrated. And uh, so I'm going to endeavor to share some of what the Lord has shown me for this next season, or we call it 2019 Word. Uh, want to... Um, Oh, it's up there already. Uh, how many were here last night? Man. Oh, great. You're back. <laughs> Glad you came back. How many of the Lord touched you physically in your body last night? Oh, wow. Wonderful. Great. I, just a minute. I want to really just take some time to, to, to just really hear what God did. I think that's really, really important. And it's only 7.45, so you have four more hours till the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Some people got really excited, others got really nervous. But You know, I, I've never been interested in just doing something, just to do something or making something long, but often the Holy Spirit takes time. I mean, how many people here have some sort of degree, you know, college degree or something? Those lectures are at least three hours. Why? They're trying to transform your soul, your mind into something. Uh, mostly Bernie supporters these days, but... Um, <laughs> but there is a truth that um, it's really important. Like, I just don't buy this thing. People can only, you know, stand for 30 minutes or something, like, listen to something. I, I just believe that you were born to be a warrior. It takes time to train warriors, you know? And uh, the, the world is, is really lives in deficit when we dumb down the equipping of the people of God. And, you know, I just don't like people selling people short. And you're better than that. And uh, if you're in a church where the leadership is not contending to transform a city and equip people, um, and you think you're there to pray for revival, you might want to leave and go to somewhere that can equip you for your destiny. Uh, yeah, it doesn't get popular, but anyway. <laughs> no, because like, you got these group of people like, oh, God sent us here to pray for revival. If the leadership doesn't want it, it's not happening. So, and I don't pray for revival about certain things because... Um, Certain things never don't need to be revived. They just need to die. They're not producing anything. You know, so anyway, just I don't know why I say I do know why I say things, but sometimes I say things I'm not planning to say. But all right, just real quick, just want to tell you about a resource table back there. We do have one book left that I mentioned last night about David. He perceived he was king. It's also available on Amazon, but I encourage every leader in this room to grab this book. It's by a, a, a mentor, one of my board directors, but it's really gone all over the world. It's probably the, it is the best book on identity I've ever read. It'll take you probably 30 minutes to get through the first few pages because there's just some things said in there that 
will help reset you, especially the new year. I just encourage you. So is there a leader here who doesn't have a copy of this book, who would like a copy of this book, who would read the copy of this book? You look like a nice person. There you go. Please read the book because someone paid to get that in your hands. God bless you. I don't mind giving stuff away. I don't, I don't like to be wasteful, though. You know, the kingdom is not wasteful. Also, uh, this comes from last October. I've been fascinated with the relationship of how Jesus equipped his disciples to do what he did. And one of the most fascinating things that I pull out about there is all these guys had issues. This really encourages me. All the perfect people in the room, you don't have to listen to this. But like, he, he pulls these guys out. Like, one of them is uh, a political zealot. The other is a tax collector. And he brings them all together in a community to get along. And they're still messing up. They don't really realize half the stuff he's telling them. But he still chooses them because he sees where they're going. I was thinking of this. I was, I was reading this. I meditate on Scripture when I worship. But there's that phrase in Hebrews 12 where he says, He is the author and the finisher of your faith. God is the only one that when he chooses you, he already starts with the end in mind. That's why I can put up with all your foolishness. First of all, because it doesn't intimidate him and he's made a way for you to be delivered of it. And then, because he knows where he's going to take you. So like when Peter is rebuking Jesus, I believe Jesus is in his mind. Because, you know, he's, he's choosing to live like a man on earth. Jesus is what God intended for Adam. And I think in the back of his mind, this is just me how I see it. I'm going to ask Jesus when I get to heaven. Maybe they'll let me know in Holy Spirit Netflix. I think in the back of his mind, he's going... Remember, he's going to die for you. Remember, he's going to die for you. Because he's like, like, imagine Peter rebuking Jesus. And just a moment before that, he totally nails it, that he goes, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. So keep that in mind too. You can be really doing well in one area and be totally ignorant in another area. The good thing is, he came to deliver you of all ignorance. The challenge is sometimes, a lot of believers and a lot of groups of people want to stay strong in the strength of certain things, but they don't want to grow strong in other things. That's why I emphasize faith so important. I know people, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's 8 o'clock. Uh, this is something I observe. I learn by observing there are people that I know that have amazing gifts of miracles, and genuine gifts. I see them pray for people, they come out of wheelchairs. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But they're having trouble paying their bills. So you're going, man, you got a strength here that you quite haven't carried over over here. You don't want situational faith, you want lifestyle faith. The same God that equips you. See, that's also the thing. 
the gifts of the Spirit don't mean you're mature. They just mean that you've made yourself available in that moment. So, he wants to teach us how to do everything he can do on earth. And not have certain areas of our life where we get beat up by the devil. He died to redeem you from it all. So, anyway, that's what I teach about in that conference. Just learning how to think like him and learning this relationship between Jesus and his disciples. And even learning to receive what he said when you don't quite understand. Do you know there are many things that Jesus said that they didn't quite get until after he left them? I would have been with him if he's like, I'm going away. I'm like, please don't. It's a lot easier when you're around. I mean, it gets us into trouble, but we never die. So, anyway, uh, did you tell me it's this, Mike? If if God healed your body last night or did something in your body, why don't you just lift up both your hands? I need a mic to get testimonies. This one here, Rob? Is it this? Which one? This one? It'll work? Thank you. Be nice to the sound people. And I'm going to hold the mic because I have experience doing this. Okay, wonderful. Um, so if the Lord touched your body last night uh, and you'd like to share about it, I'll pick someone because I saw people with their hands up. Uh, just lift your hand. I want to hear what God did. It's really important. All right, come on up. And I love you, but I don't want to hear your prophetic word. If you're a preacher and practicing, I love you too, but I don't want to hear your latest message. I just want to hear what God did in your body. Hey, what's your name? I'm Kenny. Hey, Kenny, where are you from? Uh, Canal City. Cool. Do you go to church here? No, I do not. Where do you go to church? Uh, Charleston Christian Fellowship. Awesome. How did you hear about this meeting? Uh, friends on Facebook. Oh, cool. Say Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did God do in your body? I suffered from chronic back pain last night. Uh, it was taken away from me. Wow. What? Now, 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 when did this happen? Uh, when we called up to be prayed for last night. Okay, uh, you came up you, to the you were, Well, you were uh, calling out people, you know, if you had uh, pain in your back, you know, when you're doing the, the healing oh, prayer last yeah, night. Oh, yeah, awesome. So, word of knowledge. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, bless you, my friend. And just set your hands towards him. Father, we just bless this man. Whoa! Shabahaya, Sorabahaya. You have a prophetic gift that God wants to really just unlock in this season. And He's uh, touching your ears to hear. And uh, when you cross over into this next year, uh, you're going to have significant encounters with the Lord in dreams. So I bless you to receive it. And also, there's an angel of the Lord just lifting off some burdens and some weights. The Lord wants you to know there's three things. You don't need to worry about it. He's got it. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Bless you. Awesome. Who else got touched in their body last night? Oh, over there. Come on up. Why don't you come up to the light here? So it's like a dark room. We'll work on that the next time I come back. 
Hi. What's your name? Natasha. Where are you from? St. Albans. I'm not going to ask you how old you are because I've done this before. Okay. What happened in your body? Um, I was standing back there and a ball of fire entered into my head. And my whole face started... When did a ball of fire enter a your ball face? Of fire. When? When? <laughs> Just when? During uh, worship? During what? During worship. And you started talking about an ear, but I had a neck issue. I had a, a slip vertebrae in my neck for two years. Whoa. And I was actually in so much pain last night, I couldn't raise my hands up. Wow. And a ball of fire came towards me, and I felt it go into my Whoa. head. Mm. And when it went into my head, my ear popped. Mm. And my neck is still tingling from it. But the Lord told me this morning, he said, take communion. Mm. And I took communion, and I'm healed. Wow. I, I can move my neck all the way Awesome. Awesome. Father, thank you for your daughter. Thank you, Jesus. There's a, another wave of healing the Lord is doing. I actually see uh, just Jesus. He's got his hand on your head and the the fire of God just going through your head. And there's an adjusting of the neurons in your head. And I say make a restorative, creative work take place. Tonight. In Jesus' name. You can stay there as long as you want. Anyone else testify? I saw more hands than that. <laughs> I saw like 30 hands. I know I didn't have my glasses on, but... All right. All right, well, tonight's a creative night too. Okay. Uh, tonight, I believe that the Lord has instructed me to share uh, some, uh, well, probably all, I don't know. I'll just see where it goes. But uh, before we do that, because uh, tonight I'm also going to lay hands on everything that moves tonight. Come on. I've laid hands on dogs. Uh. Not cats. Because some of them deserve to die. You can't minister to something that you've judged. And I have a judgment over cats. Few of them have grown on me, but I took my judgment back. But before we do that, we want to receive an offering tonight. What? I'm not taking an offering from cats. I'm, re I'm receiving an offering for our ministry. And if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to Acts, the 11th chapter, verse 27. It's a really interesting scripture here. In these days, prophets came from Jerusalem and Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit there's going to be a great famine throughout all the world which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. 
Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren and dwelling in Judah. This they, this they also did and sent it, to, sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Uh, one of the things I've learned about giving and living uh, in this cycle of kingdom giving and, and learning to steward properly and learning to increase and all these things is this, that God wants to deliver the people of God of, of uh, being, uh, being dependent or believing that their financial dependence is connected to this world system. And that the blessing of the Lord operates in every season and in every nation and in every environment, economic, not according to what's happening around you, but according to what's happening on the inside of you. And, I got a lot of ands, that when you sow seed into the things of God, I, I've had some investments, they brought some return, but my greatest investment has always been in my giving into the work of the Lord, bar none. I've had real estate, I mean, some things in the stock market, but my greatest return has always been into the things of God. And your ability to cooperate with God's system, because it's an act of worship, enables that flow to touch every area of your life. Now this is fascinating because the prophets go, there's going to be a famine, so let's receive an offering. Completely different than the world system. If you told people today in America, there's going to be a famine, most people like, oh, well, let's, let's hold on. What do we have in our savings account? Maybe, maybe every check we're going to hold on to 50% now because you don't know what's coming. And that might be smart in some seasons. But what I've often learned is that if, if you really want to get into this wonderful flow of giving like God. See, part of giving is learning to be like God. And all the money that you would ever need, God's already made available to you. If you can learn the system, and part of it is, when you think like God, you don't consult what's in your bank account, you consult what He said. And it's not that things change in one offering, but in offerings you create this prophetic act, often. And I have something, to, some offering I'm going to give tomorrow as the new year begins. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Because I give it and I go, God, I'm giving this to the, I'm giving it to a certain ministry. I'm giving this to a certain ministry. And what I'm saying by this offering to this ministry, I'm saying, I will not be bound by this world system. I will not be bound by what a church can give me, my donors can give me. I will be simply obedient to what you have because you are my source. Now, it might come through those people, but I'm not giving according to what's in my bank account. I'm giving according to the measure that you've told me to give. But here's the other side of it. It's, you, a lot of people have learned to be aggressive givers, but you've got to be aggressive harvesters too. Propaganda has kept people from believing in a return on the things of God. 
Anytime things get tight, my ministry personally, I said, God, I have done what you've asked me to do. How do I know? What am I standing on? Deuteronomy 28. I have obeyed your voice. And you said there's a commanded blessing on the obedience of that, I, that I have done to you. So if I've missed it somewhere, show me. I'll bring adjustment. I'll repent. But this is what you said. And by the way, I don't buy very, many, many warranties. Because he said when I tithe, he's going to rebuke the devourer over my stuff. Jesus is my warranty package. And they try and get you with that fear thing. Well, what are you going to do if it breaks down? I'm, I'm going to buy another one with the same God who gave me the money. And I'm probably not going to buy it from you. Because what you're telling me is your product is deficient. A number of years ago, the, the, clean, the, the, the air conditioned man came to my house. He goes, this motor should have passed out eight years ago. He, and I said, yes, I'm a tither. <laughs> my stuff works longer. And so I encourage you, not just tonight. Hey, by the way, if you don't believe what I'm telling you is still true, I'm not trying to get money out of you. I'm trying to get you into the blessing of the Lord. You don't believe work, no problem with me. But I'm telling you, if you make this a lifestyle, this is where it gets real, real fun. I mean, he will use an unbelief. You know, one for many years, not anymore, for many years, one of the biggest givers to my ministry was an unbeliever. She, she said, I like what you do. He'll get you the resources. He's got everything you need. But often, he wants to see what's in your hand. But I encourage you, ask the Lord what you're supposed to give tonight. I think... Uh, this month, going to, what's this? This month, Paraguay. Uh, March, going to Switzerland and Germany. May, going to Israel. June, going back to Romania, Moldova, the UK. Uh, end of the year, going to India. Oh, I love going to India. And then the Philippines. Then I think maybe one other country. So you help us do this around the world. Yeah, we do this in India. Pay for the pastors to come in, do it in the Philippines. Feed them. Because that's part of the gospel too. And then equip them. We don't give them money. We give them the word of God who can get them the money. I tell them the same thing I just told you. I said, this thing works in any country. Either, either God's line or this thing will work. This is not an American thing I'm talking to you about. This is a God thing. And sometimes, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm taking my time tonight. There are times, believe me, I know that every dollar that I've ever touched has come from God. I know what it's like to get more love than offering and believe God to get to the next town with gas. But it's in those moments I can say that God has always been faithful to me. So you might be at the place where you're like the nation of Israel. It's just day by day. But it's in those moments every day you can go, God, you're my source. And I will not withhold what you've asked me to withhold. Like, he's not a twisted God. He's not going to go, hey, give your offering, but worry about your light bill. That's right. He's not into 
being mean or cruel. But what he is into this system called trust. And what I've learned, he told me this many years ago, he goes, if you don't trust me with the money that's in your hand, you'll never trust me with your life. So money is simply a representation of what's going on in your heart. So, I encourage you. Ask the Lord what you're going to give tonight. It helps us do what we're doing around the world. Do a prophetic act for your family. Believe me. Hey, can, can they put that up there, how you can give? Canvas Church, you can text or whatever, how you want to do that. Is that up? Oh, there you go. They got all sorts of cool ways you can give here tonight. And then when you're ready to give, just say, Amen, I want to pray over your seed tonight. I'm not ashamed of talking about money because most people around in this room need some more of it. <laughs> Gets quiet. Got one Amen, so true. How many would like more money in their life? <laughs> you don't have to trust a credit card company, a mortgage company, a lending company. You can trust Jehovah God to supply all of your needs. You don't have to be in debt. The Lord told me once, He said, you can believe me for the payments on this thing or I can pay it cash. I said, I want to be the bank one day, God. He'll give it to you either way you believe it for. Alright. You ready to give? Why don't you stand? Because I want you to bring it up tonight. There's nothing wrong with asking bu buckets, but I, I don't like it. <laughs> And just lift your offering in the air. I just want to pray over you. Father, by the authority you've given me in the body of Christ, I declare the blessing of the Lord, which maketh rich and adds no sorrow, would lead, guide, and protect people from anything happening out in this world system, but would cause them to have abundance for every good work in every season and everything you've called them to do. We ask for a multiplication of this seed for sowing. And Lord, we just call in that return on whatever they're sowing tonight in every area, not just financially. Deliver people from the debt, from, from the bondage of debt. Deliver people from worrying about their finances. Deliver people from worrying about where their next paycheck is coming from. And we bless your people to step into the rhythm, rhythms of heaven of finances in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can come up. Bless you. Good to see you tonight. Glad you're here. Hey, good evening. Bless you. You saw me in Maryland. Oh, awesome. Yeah. You live around here? I'm from Maryland. Oh, you came tonight? Wonderful. Maryland's in the house. 
Thank you for your giving. Appreciate it. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray and we'll get into the Word of God. Let's just lift our hands and agree uh, agree in faith tonight. Father, tonight we thank you because we've gathered to uh, connect with what heaven is doing in this season. And Father, we are in great need of you, so we recognize our dependence upon you. But you told us that the Holy Spirit would guide us not into some truth, but to all truth. So guide us into all truth tonight. Lord, I submit myself to everything you want to do. Let miracles take place all across this room. Thank you for the angel of the Lord that's here. I ask for utterance from heaven to come. Give people ears to hear and eyes to see. Father, let me deliver this exactly as you called me to deliver this tonight. Glorify your son. Let it, uh, we just uh, claim Hebrews 2 verse 9 that we would see Jesus a little lower than the angels and crown them to glory. So we honor you tonight, God. And we agree for your purposes to be done. We thank you for this region. We thank you for the the purpose you have for this region. We thank you for the plans that you have for this region. And so teach us your ways on how your purpose would be done in greater fruitfulness in this season. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All God's people say. Amen. Amen. All right. That's wonderful tonight. There's a... I saw uh, when you were leading worship, there is a shift in seasons for you in this next season. You're a square peg in a round hole, and the Lord is going to connect you with like-minded people who connect with the heart that's inside of you. And you have a Davidic heart... And there's an activation of the prophetic psalmist on the inside of you in this next season as never before. The line of the tribe of Judah is going to roar on the inside of you. And authority is going to come that you have not known. Authority is going to come through divine encounter. And the Lord says, I'm releasing grace to stay in the secret place as never before because there's encounter after encounter after encounter and it'll be like Peter that as he went places there was a tangible shift because of the shadow that was on him. And there's a a divine commissioning here on New Year's Eve for you. Jesus stands in front of you and he touches your ears and you will heap you will hear the voice of the Lord and the word of the Lord as never before. It will come like fire shut up in your bones. And there's a specific angel assigned to you to write, 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 write. The Lord says, be diligent to write what I put in your hand. So, So in September, the Lord just started uh, sharing some things with me, and uh, I wouldn't visit it every day, but I just, this is something the Lord began, usually in September, He starts with me just sharing what's coming in the next season. And while we're calling this prophecy for 2019, I said it uh, before, it should be noted that I believe the Lord speaks more in seasons rather than calendar years. It's also important to know that intercession can diminish the severity of some of the words spoken of potential judgments and uh, all these prophecies obviously should be tested, bathed in intercession and uh, all that wonderful stuff. Do you know many of the, there's certain things that are set, but uh, 
probably many of the promises in Scripture. God is very fascinating like this. He will throw promises out there and then he will look for faith to grab it and someone who's willing to walk out to the process of manifesting certain things. So just because God promises you something or promises something to the people of God in Scripture doesn't mean you inherit it. It just means you have the potential to inherit it. So 2009 will be a season of distinct shift in the, body, in the earth for the body of Christ. I will shift the mantles, across the, glo- uh, 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 the mantles of leaders across the globe to inherit that which has been promised for many years, but they've yet to walk in the fullness. And there is a shifting, there, there's an unlocking in the heavenlies over this region. There's an unlocking of mantles that I've longed to give even key strategic leaders in this region. There's a Davidic intercessory mantle so that the voice of the Lord, so that the fire of the Lord, and so that the lion of the Lord would roar in this region as never before. And the Lord says, make no mistake about it. The lion of the tribe of Judah will roar in this region as never before. I see this picture. I see this picture. And it's like on a mountain, the lion has been been like, uh, it's like he's been... um, the only picture I see, it's like he's been uh, just tangled up on the mountain. But the Lord says in this season, the lion is coming unbroken from the restrictions. The Lord says it's been the restriction of understanding. It's been the restriction of even the ways of man, where some started in the spirit and then stayed in the philosophies of man. The Lord says there is a purity coming to what I'm doing in this region and in this state as never before, so that the line of tribe of Judah can roar effectively. Because the voice of God has been silenced in this region, but the Lord says the church in this region will be this like a sound of many waters as never before. It will not just be one sound, it will be many sounds coming together, speaking one sound, and shifting the land as never before. Because the Lord says there will be a shifting and a healing of the land in the state of West Virginia where poverty begins to shift, where mindsets begin to shift, and even a new wineskin comes to the body of Christ in this region. This is really interesting. The Lord says that I have a 2019 and a 2020 wineskin, but much of the body of Christ is in West Virginia has been operating in a 1972 wineskin. And so the Lord says, I see this ladder into heaven, and it's an invitation to see as God sees, and to hear as God hears, to shift into the purposes of the Lord. Mosakabaya. You can follow along if you want, but I, 
I'm just going to move in and out certain things. But if you want to look at Mark, the second chapter, verse 18. Disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting when they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but you disciples do not fast? Now, this is really interesting, but I want to stop there for a moment and just say this. How many know that fasting is a righteous and correct biblical New Testament practice? So fasting is not wrong. In fact, he's not teaching against fasting here. He teaches, he teaches later when you fast. So he's not speaking about fasting. So, but here, he's actually tell, they, they come to Jesus. Very interesting, the two groups of people coming to Jesus. One of them is the Pharisees, obviously represents the religious establishment. And here is what's very, very interesting about the Pharisees. Their desire was that if we can live out the law that God has given us, we can hasten the coming of the Messiah. And in an attempt to do that, they have added hundreds of rules to help people fulfill the law as best they can so they can hasten the coming of the Messiah. Here's what's even more fascinating. fascinating. They want the Messiah to come and he's standing right in front of them. And they are engaged in religious activity. But there's also another group in this group here. It's even more fascinating. These are the disciples of John. These are not people who, can, who, did, who cannot hear the voice of God, who have never heard the voice of God. Because John came in the wilderness and he came, interesting, preaching the kingdom of God. And so, and much, most people as a whole did not embrace in the religious community John's message. So these are people who were on the cutting edge of what God is doing, what was doing in the earth at one time. They were at the cutting edge at one time. There's a statement the Lord made a few minutes ago, this is why I'm saying this. They're at the cutting edge at one time, but now they are engaged in religious activity that is incongruent to what Jesus is doing. They heard the voice of God in one season, but now have missed a turn and are engaged. And by the way, on the outside, everyone go, amazing, they're fasting. That's good stuff right there. But they are completely irrelevant to what God is doing in the earth in that moment because they are practicing something that God is not doing in that season. That's why the enemy fights the present voice of God over and over again. And leaders say really weird things like, hey, there's going to be a prophet in this church, it's going to be me. That's why there's no prophecy in your church because you're not a prophet. And then Jesus goes into this teaching. And Jesus said, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have a bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. So he gives this analogy. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast. Notice he says they will fast. He's not getting you off the hook in fasting. Some of you need to fast. Don't just do it for January. Do it the rest of your life. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth in an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. What do they do? They use these, these skins to hold wine, grape juice if you're evangelical. Uh, just having a little fun. If you're Episcopalian, it was wine. You know? If you're Catholic, it was definitely wine. You know? <laughs> if you're Pentecostal, you're mad right now. <laughs> 
By the way, I don't drink. I just have fun with people. You know. So they would put this wine in there and it would stretch when it was in there. So he says, you can't put new wine into that old wineskin because it can't handle it. So you need a new wineskin. I want to suggest to you part of that wineskin is your operating system as a corporate body and as an individual. This is really, 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 really important. And why you're supposed to have the mind of Christ that is in constant and continual change. It's this. You cannot live beyond your place of thinking. And you cannot receive what you cannot comprehend from God. So he tells him, he's like, I can't put new wine because you're still thinking like the old season. Now, this is also really important, though, because people get, they run away with these revelations. Like, why well, I got grace now? Oh, whoopee-doopee-doo. Like, Isaiah teaches us in the kingdom, truth is built precept upon precept. And there is no... Um, God is, it, it, there is no contradiction in God. You can have the love of God and the fear of God that should make you really, really afraid to not do what he says. In fact, it tells us it's not the love of God that keeps us, it's the fear of the Lord that keeps us. They're not opposed to each other, they're just sides of who God is. So if you have just... One understanding, well, God is love. Yeah, He is. He's really kind. He tells me every day, I like you. But you don't have the fear of the Lord, you'll have a distorted wineskin. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old ar ar garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. But the wine is spilled and the new wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Now, I want to emphasize that last point for a moment that I think is really important. Because you have a new wineskin, it doesn't make the old obsolete. The new wine skin is supposed to hold the old and the new, but is flexible to receive the next thing God says. That's why revelation knowledge is so important. It doesn't go beyond scripture. How many know, like, like, especially when I, when I see like books advertised today, like, you've never heard anything like this before. No, you're stupid. No, it's been in the book the whole time. Okay, I, that wasn't nice. No, you're ignorant. <laughs> I corrected myself, I'm sorry. I shouldn't call people stupid. Some people are proudly ignorant. The new wineskin has the old and the new, but is flexible to build truth upon truth. Now, What's also really important though, and this is why the apostolic office is so important, I'll touch on this in a minute. The reason part of the, and it's a fivefold, and when I said that thing about a prophet, prophets need pastors, pa prophet, uh, uh, prophets need pastors, pastors need prophets, it's the fivefold that represents what Jesus died to give us. It's a full representation of it all. 
He doesn't marry himself to one office, even though he was all five offices. But the reason the apostolic is so important is because part of the role of the apostolic is it always has its foot on the gas. It's always going, push further. This is what God said. God promised this. There's more. There's this. There's always an advancing to walking with God. But there's a human tendency to camp around what we like. Certain prophetic camps, they don't think it's a good service unless they got a personal prophetic word. Certain charismatics, they don't think it's a good service until they fell down. And they, nothing wrong, I like it when it gets real wild, like I just do. It gets people upset and stuff. I don't understand it. That's good. He didn't, he didn't call you to understand, he called you to receive. Apostolic and prophetic, prophetic is this is what God is saying in this season. It reveals what God is saying. It doesn't take away what God did in previous seasons, but it should build on, a, on, the, on the previous season to bring you into the next season. And the reason it's so important to advance is this. I said a minute ago, the guys who followed John, they heard the voice of God. They were forerunners. And you'll see this historically, the last 120 years since the turn of the Pentecostal movement. You will see that those who were on the cutting edge of what God was doing in one season often become the criticizers of what God is doing in the next season. The, what we refer to probably as classic Pentecostals, didn't most, a lot of them rejected... God moving with mainline evangelicals. And one of the things they would say is, how can God fill people with the Holy Spirit who drink wine? They're not holy. So going, this is not God. And then, different movements, word of faith came in. And a lot of Pentecostals rejected it. That can't be right. They're talking about money. And then the prophetic movement came out. And then, then a lot of the faith guys rejected the prophetic guys. So it's important. It doesn't mean, every, it doesn't mean everything was right. It's just important to, to, to grab the strengths of what God is doing. My point in saying all well, this is this. Pharisees and John, these are, not, these are forerunners but they're missing what God is doing in that season because they can't recognize. Other thing about the Pharisees is they wanted the coming of the Messiah. So their motive, we can say, is correct, but their thinking was perverse, so it created a perverse system. If your thinking is incorrect, but, but your motive is right, it still doesn't make what you're doing, but your thinking is incorrect, it still doesn't make the result of your lifestyle correct. Like, well, they got a good heart. I'm not talking about their heart. I'm talking about they have perverse thinking. This is also where it gets really, really important. If you don't keep advancing and growing in truth, you will cease to be relevant to what God is doing in the earth. How do we know that? Because the Jewish religion as a whole rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Now, any form of Judaism except Messianic, what is simply Messianic? It's simply believing that Jesus was the promised Messiah for the chosen people. I still believe they're God's chosen people. Israel. 
Every form that doesn't recognize Jesus as Lord is completely aberrant in the earth. It has nothing to do with anything you'll find in the Bible. That is the danger of not growing in truth. Where there is no progression of truth, you will cease to be relevant in what God is doing in the earth. There's a reason. 1994, Toronto comes in. Wonderful, worship things. But there's, even in our same movement, which I'm proud to say I'm a part, we're not singing the same songs we sang in January of 94. Why? Seasons have shifted. Emphasizes different. It doesn't take away the truths of what we learn. It just means God is trying to progress us down the line. And what He's trying to progress us down the line is a people who know how to disciple nations. It will be a season of clear understanding that my people have begun to enter into the fullness of what I promised many years ago. And in some cases for many centuries... Evil will seek to flourish as never before. Terrorist attacks will try and attack the continent of Europe as never before. But I say to my people, do not be moved by the attack of the enemy, but be only, be only be moved by my voice. For yes, says the Lord, my voice will be released to a remnant people of Europe as never before. That's really exciting because I'm going to Europe a lot. I see a tornado. Well, I'm spitting now. A fire and wind being released from Western Europe into Eastern Europe as never before. A wind and fire of God will be released in the continent of Europe. Europe will be a land of supernatural harvest and visitation. I've been preparing the land through the prayers and the intercessions of the saints, and I will release my glory to Europe once again. My church has become feeble and lost the authority of its voice, but I will release apostolic voices in Europe. The word of the Lord will be released in Europe as never before and cause a dismantling of religious systems and the establishing of my kingdom as never before. Heard this so strong. My kingdom will prevail in Europe as never before. My kingdom will prevail in Europe as never before. My kingdom will prevail in Europe as never before. Signs and wonders will be released as never before. A cloud releasing a new water of refreshing will be released as never before. An emerging company of leaders will be the face of an apostolic reformation that will confront religious structures and advance the people of God and the church in a manner that has not been witnessed in many centuries. My spirit will be released in Europe and a sign that I am visiting Europe will be a coming together of the body of Christ to exalt the name of Jesus. Excuse me. Now is a season of distinct change for the continent of Europe. God is going to release a new well that will merge with an old well in the Vatican. And the Catholic Church will be stripped to the core. And immorality will be exposed at the highest levels. And it will set the stage for the release of my power and presence and the miraculous through the Catholic Church. I heard this really emphasized. I, heard it, I saw it in really big, like, capital leverage. Holy Roman Catholic Church. And just as I will release a new wave and an impartation of holiness to the Catholic Church, the Lord says there is a release 
of purity. I see a blanket of purity being released in this region. A blanket to be unlocked from every sin that held my people back. Depression, heartache, addiction, drug addiction. Masokahaya. The Lord wants to teach His people in this region how to deliver people from the bonds of the enemy. I see this angel, it's actually a sign to help bring deliverance to captives, deliverance to minds, deliverance to bodies. And they will move in action as my people learn how to cooperate with my voice to bring deliverance, hope to people. For many in this region are bound by generational iniquity. But I say, I am the hope giver and I am the restorer. I am the God who delivers people from every affliction. No affliction will stand at the name of Jesus. Step into your authority, my people. Step into what I've called you to do. Did I not say I would give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven? Did I not say I'd give you authority over all things? Do not back down. Do not... Do not hide. Do not step in. There's a boldness being released tonight to the people of God. Uh. 2019 will be a season in which the apostolic office emerges as never before in the United States. Apostles will bring prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers together as one to merge as one river to bring strategic breakthrough that can be sustained for the advancement of the gospel in cities, regions, and nations. Excuse me. I'm releasing divine strategies and mysteries for the people to have understanding of the secrets that will allow my people to walk with purpose, distinction, and power. I heard the Lord tell me this. He said, tell my people they're not without in this season. Did I not promise that if anyone lacked wisdom, let him ask of God. So inquire of me in this season, but be open to shift and to change according to the words of my mouth. And the moving of my spirit. For truly, this is a time in the earth in which the secret of the Ancient of Days is being released to show those who have ears to hear and receive divine revelation. Prosperity and breakthrough after breakthrough is my people's portion. So I touched on it a little bit last night, but it's important to highlight this, that God was not interested in starting a religion. He was interested in establishing a kingdom. That kingdom he gave Adam the keys to. He gave Adam the keys to have dominion of the earth as God would intend it to be. And when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, he was talking about the authority of the keys he won back for a whole new race of people who would be known as new creatures. And so within those keys is wisdom and understanding to bring healing to the world around you. Many years ago, I had this uh, vision. And in this vision, I saw this cloud of God's presence. And it came into this biology lab. 
And all the students just began to, to get on the floor. And they, it was like they were having these encounters with the Lord. And when they came out of these encounters, they began to say, the Lord has shown me a solution for this sickness. The Lord has shown me an understanding how to bring vaccinations for this. Why? Because he has all the answers. He's looking for people to ask him. I really believe the answer for cancer is to be given to someone in the body of Christ. I really believe that billion dollar companies, ideas for billion dollar companies are supposed to be given to men and women in the body of Christ. I believe this is how finances are supposed to flow in the body of Christ. A man or woman of God stands up in your community and says, we're going to build a community center to get people off drugs. It's going to cost $10 million and we're raising the money today. And in the back, someone says, I'll give a million. On the front, someone says, I'll give half a million. Another says, I'll give 50000 And in one day, it's raised. Two thousand nineteen will be a year of unprecedented prosperity. Many of my people have planted the correct seed, has gone into the ground, and now it's time for the seed to spring forth. Two thousand nineteen will be a season of harvest of souls, harvest of finances, and harvest of the glory of the Lord. Two thousand nineteen, the Lord says, I'm gonna define the nation, this nation as one intersecting with the glory of the Lord as never before. And the Lord says to his people tonight, I'm opening a door into my throne room. I'm opening a door into encounter. I'm opening a door into my power. I'm opening a door into my fire. Some It'll be a season of putting down some dead religious works to just sit in my presence continually. There's some of you in your business tonight. You are struggling in your business. Even you said, I don't know how I'm going to make a way. And the Lord says, the key is hidden in your worship. If you will take time to worship, I will release the, the burden that you're holding on yourself. I will release the struggle in your mind. And I'll begin to minister to your heart. And you'll begin to move from a different place from this time forward. Some of you are concerned with your children. And you've been, you've been concerned with your children. The Lord says, it's hidden in the place of worship. Your breakthrough is hidden in the, the sitting at the feet of the Lord. I'll give you the understanding. I'll give you the wisdom. I'll teach you how to pray into that situation. My children, you were never intended to carry the circumstances of life. You were never intended to carry the burden of life. Did I not say through my son, come to me all, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is a rest in the kingdom of God. There is a rest in the place of God. There is a rest in the purpose of God. There is a rest of faith, says the Lord. A rest does not mean inactivity, but it's a rest from, from moving through the struggle. The Lord says, I didn't call you to struggle. Mahasoya. I didn't call you to struggle. <laughs> I called you to live from a place of joy. Never overcome. 
The Lord says to some of you, it's the end of having good days and bad days. The season of living from the place, the divine perspective that I died to give you can be yours. The Lord would say, it doesn't mean your problems change overnight. But it means you begin to see them from my perspective. You begin to even see things you did not intend or did not believe would ever happen to you. Some of you need to stop asking, why me? The Lord says to some of you, I was with you even when you made that really poor mistake you knew you shouldn't have made. And as you turn back to me, I'll cause all things to work for your certain good. And the hand of the Lord is on some of you, ridding you of guilt and condemnation. Did I not say there is no condemnation? No condemnation. So come to me with your whole heart. Take responsibility for what you did so I can cleanse you from every work of darkness. 1 John 1.8 If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I like this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. Now you want to you, you get it right there though. Don't blame God. Don't blame your third grade teacher. Don't even blame your parents who weren't nice to you. When you came into the kingdom of God, you lost all rights to ever claim victimization. Jesus was victimized. So you would never have to be victimized again. I'm not saying what happened to you was nice, wasn't painful. I'm just saying that can no longer be the reason why you think and act certain ways. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit don't want to pet those demons. They want you to be delivered of them. You know the greatest thing I ever learned? Yep. I messed up, God. I take responsibility for it. I chose a thought and I acted incorrectly. But this is where it gets good. And guess what? You don't have to take four weeks to do it. Well, I feel bad about it. That's okay. Feelings have nothing to do with forgiveness. Don't let your feelings control you. It's a lot of the church's problem. Feelings, you know. Like, I just don't feel like... If I didn't... Like, I was in a school of ministry where I was like, well, I just don't feel like doing it. So I don't feel like ministering most nights. If I felt like... If I just ministered when I felt like... I'd do, I'd do it once or twice a year. Feelings have nothing to do with life most of the time. I don't feel like it. 
Yeah, when you stand before Jesus, try that one. Jesus, I just didn't feel like... <laughs> I know your word told me to do that, but I didn't feel like it, you know? So you only got to take four weeks? That's, that is religious spirit. If we confess our sins, yes, Lord, I did that wrong. Forgive me. If you have to, make it right with someone. You've offended someone, spoke ill of them, make it right. Your repentance is not complete sometimes unless you make it right with people. You got these people, they offend everyone in the church. They go, well, I asked God to forgive me. Would well, you ask the pastor to forgive you? But here's the really good news about that one. Here's the other thing. Don't worry about your reputation. You want to develop a good reputation, but like, well, I don't know what people would think of me. Oh, most people are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're Americans. <laughs> so just own that thing. We confess our sins. He is faithful. 2019. If you don't get anything else, know that He is faithful. <laughs> and just, just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. Guess what? If there's no unrighteousness, if cleanse you from all unrighteousness, the only thing that's left is righteousness. Then you might be, you know, sometimes I say things I shouldn't say to people. Lord, forgive me. Then I'll be up meeting ministry. Oh, you going to minister tonight? You said that thing that person... You know, I used to like have this dialogue with the devil. Then I don't talk to witchcraft anymore. That's it. I've learned this. I said, that's right, I did it, but you got the wrong guy. Because I have an advocate called Jesus. And you have a case against the wrong person. And I asked the person to forgive me. And most importantly, I asked Jesus to forgive me. And I also told my close friends that I blew it again. Why do I do that? Because he told me if I confess my faults one to another, I'm healed. Yes. Don't ever think the person next to you is as perfect as they look. They just haven't told you all the bad stuff they did. And because they dress nice, it looks like they're a perfect church person. So you're on this walk, call it the love walk, the kingdom walk. You're on this walk. Maybe get offended over here. You get a little over here. Now you're in the devil's territory. You recognize it. You go, Lord, forgive me. Right back on that righteousness walk. Don't turn back. Don't look back. You're like, what if I sin again? Ask him to forgive you again. Now you might need a little help, maybe deliverance or something. No shame, no blame. Get the devil out of you. No, it's true. 
They keep doing the same thing. There's not shame in that. Like, some people like think it's wrong to admit they got issues. What's even worse is people who have issues and don't want to admit them. Your wife knows you got issues. So don't let that demon of shame and condemnation beat you up. Stay on that walk again. Get right back on that walk again. And walk out the righteousness that he has for you. Here's the thing. He already knows what your issue is. When you confess it is when he can deal with it. Like you, it's not like you give God new information. You're like, God, I blew it again. He's like, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> my people have asked for my glory. My people have asked for my miraculous power. My people have asked for more of my presence. I will release to my people an answer to prayers that they have asked for. And the answer will be released through a harvest of answered prayer. Soto yorobo, so yoroboko. 2019 will be a harvest of answered prayer. Long ago, relatives will turn their hearts to the kingdom. Harvest of souls. The Lord says to His people, prepare every day as ambassadors. Because if you'll prepare and open your mouth, you'll see a harvest. You'll lead them to the Lord. In the marketplace, in restaurants, at your job. The glory of the Lord will come. This is a season of harvest of souls. I desire harvest to be my people's portion. Supernatural return is my people's portion. The blessing of the Lord will be manifested on my people all across the globe in a manner that has yet been seen, yet been seen in the body of Christ. As my blessing is released... I will expose and bring judgment to the body of Christ in which evil and mismanagement of my resources have prevailed. Listen, if you're doing something you know you shouldn't do, stop it right now because I'm telling you this is not a season to mess with God's stuff. I'm t I don't know who for this is. might be on the webcast. You are literally in the devil's hands and you are literally putting your life at risk if you don't repent. Listen, he's really, really, really long-suffering, but he's not turning a blind eye to certain things that are happening in back rooms. Lord, restore purity to the pulpit in America as never before.
Lord, you are long-suffering and kind. So I ask for your kindness to bring leaders to repentance. But if they don't, Lord, if they don't expose, expose, expose unrighteousness, expose, expose, expose deviousness, expose immorality, God, and let it be gone in Jesus' name. This is a season in the earth in which I desire my people to align with me as never before. I will no longer tolerate mismanagement and abusive resources I have placed into my people's hands. 2019 will be a year in which I expose immorality and, and corruption in the body of Christ so that I can release purity and wholeness. Listen, God is, does not release His judgments to shame people, to guilt people, but He does it so they can get it right. I release purity and holiness as never before. A new release of holiness and purity, and purity will define the body of Christ across the globe as never before. I'm raising up Daniels in the earth who will be marked by the spirit of the kingdom and not of this age so that nations and even entire continents will turn to me, says the Lord. 2019, I will unlock the Josephs from the prison of circumstances into a place of prominence and influence, says the Lord. I will begin to fulfill that which I've revealed to Josephs many years ago. 2019, some of the Josephs are coming out of their prison into the places of favor and prominence as never before. There's a whole generation of Daniels that God is releasing in the earth. The nation of Israel was in captivity. God allowed captivity because they turned to immorality. But there was a remnant. How do I know there was a remnant? Because when, when Nebuchadnezzar chose, and they, most people think they're no more than 15 years old. These are teenage boys that are brought into captivity to be taught according to that system so they can prosper that nation. See, where you fail to disciple, everybody's being discipled. It's just how you is being disciples. Not all that good English, but it makes nice preaching language. And they come, they go, you got to eat this stuff. You got to eat like this. This is what the king said. Daniel had favor. Your favor is connected in doing the right thing. You connect with heavenly favor when you live righteously. Don't think you have to compromise in your workplace to advance. He goes, you guys, eat this stuff. He goes, oh, we don't really eat that stuff. I'll tell you what. See, there's got to be evidence. The world doesn't care about your shofar, about your latest CD release. They care nothing about that. We are live in a results-driven society. Can you get their kids off drugs? Can you help them get a job? Do you have an answer of why their brain is misfiring all the time and they can't think correctly? That is what the world looks for. So they go, put us to the test and see 
for better. One of the things I want to emphasize about Daniel 1 here. How did they know not to compromise in their food? I'm convinced they had godly families that released them when they went to that place that says, we will not compromise. Kingdom families must arise in the earth who teach Daniels how to live in this world system and how to unwrap secrets to this world system because part that's see I'm convinced when he tells us the prosperity or or there's going to be a transfer of wealth it's in connected into answering problems society has telling you you got a 15 year old kid who every terminal cancer person he prays for they get healed they go I'll give you a million dollars people don't care Money don't mean nothing if you're going to die. Nothing. And not good English either. Anything. See, I have good English skills. We need each other. That's why, you're, that's why he's doing these unity things. Not just to have nice services. It's fascinating. The next chapter... I mean, the world is mad without the benefit of believers. This guy goes, I had a dream. I need someone to interpret the dream. They're like, tell us the dream. He's like, I know you're messing with me. I mean, that's messed up. They're like, well, you need to tell us the dream so we can give you the interpretation. I'll kill you. He starts killing people. Paraphrase, Abner version. Read that end of the story. It's fascinating. Daniel, before he answers it, goes with those group of guys and goes, hey, give us some time and together as a group. Daniel, yes, did get the answer, but he did it in a corporate, I believe he did it in a corporate context. He goes, let's go seek the Lord. And I love it. Then the secret, this is Daniel 2.19, was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. The wisdom that created the world is given to you to live this life. He might change times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He knows what is in darkness. Meditate on that one. He knows what's in darkness. There is a solution to every mountain in your life tonight. You don't have to freak out. You can go. Do it all the time. God, you said if anyone lacks wisdom. And you you and I know I'm not real smart. So I'm coming and I'm asking for wisdom concerning this. This isn't quite working. And I know that your word never misses it. See, this is where he loves to get people. Because they, they pray a prayer or something. They, they, this is what God says. They don't see it change right away. And they start going, it's not working. And all these little demons go, oh, I love hearing that. Because we'll help you make it not work. He 
He reveals deep, deep and secret things and He knows what is in darkness and light dwells in Him. Part of your assignment is to find out what is hidden and reveal it so God can be glorified in your life. And I love it because Nebuchadnezzar goes, Hey, I heard you interpret dreams. He goes, No, only God does. But then he tells him the interpretation of the dream. What is he? The voice of God. That is the posture to me of what every New Testament believer is supposed to be. No, only God does this stuff. But I speak for God. Only God can give you an understanding of that dream. Only God can really help you get delivered of that. But I'm God's ambassador and I'm here to help. Been on planes or going a little. I said, don't worry, we ain't dying. I got too many prophecies over my life. They're like, what? I said, I'm God's boy. <laughs> got into Ubers. How are you having I'm having a bad day. So what just got better? I'm here. Well, who are you? I said, I'm God's ambassador. Oh, really? I remember once said. I said, yeah. And you should listen to what I have to say because my life's going a lot better than yours right now. see Jesus himself breathing upon 2019 as a year of divine acceleration. You know what accelerate means? It caused faster development, prog progression, advancement, to increase the speed or velocity, or cause something to move faster, to hasten the occurrence, to change the velocity, to reduce the time required by intensifying the work. Let me just say this. If you don't like to work, you might not like being in the kingdom. Because people are like, harvest. You know, harvest is the most work you ever going to do. <laughs> now you do what he tells you so you don't get overwhelmed and tired, you know, weary, you know, doing the wrong thing. But there's some people, I don't know what's happened. I'm... Getting older, but I'm not aging. I'm going for 120. You can do whatever you want. So I still got a long way to go. Anyway, that's a different subject. I will accelerate the persons of my people in the earth as never before. For the last two and three years, it's been a season of divine positioning for many of my people. And many have stood on my word, even in the midst of difficulties and storms, when they could not see a way ahead. But I say to my people, do not grow weary in well-doing and do not lose your confidence. Can you continue to stand on my word and stay my word and keep my word above all else for my desires for my people to not only manifest, but I will release a spirit of acceleration to my people." a grace to break through into uncharted territory. For I, I desire my people to be pioneers in the earth and to accelerate and advance as never before in this coming season. I desire pioneers to establish foundations for the growth and advancement of the kingdom of God. It's critical that my people keep their eyes upon me. 
for I desire to release unique insight and strategy for my people and for the assignments they're currently involved in, that they would be much more fruitful and advance in ways they have not conceived. For this is a time in the earth in which I desire to advance my people beyond what they have thought possible. Do you know the life that God intended you to live is way beyond your greatest prophetic word. It's greatest. It's beyond even your greatest thing that you can conceive in your mind. He really has intended you to live an extraordinary life. One of the reasons, though, I emphasized faith last night and this, yesterday morning is because if you're, I've learned that to live this extraordinary life, you're often going to have to say yes when you can't see every place he's trying to take you. But it is the greatest joy in life to go on this adventure of doing everything he asks you to do. There is no greater life. I've never regretted saying yes to God. I've never regretted jumping off the cliff and not knowing exactly where the next place I'm going to land is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you're here tonight. Thank you, Lord, because you're good. The Lord says tonight for the people in this room, I'm opening a door into my kindness and my goodness as never before. There is a delivering power for some of you to be delivered of unforgiveness, of striving. Even some of you need to ask for forgiveness because you've given up on that purpose God spoke to you. The Lord says tonight is a night in this room that I'll restore vision, I'll restore dreams, and I'll restore my kindness and my goodness to you. The Lord says to his people, you are not here by happenstance. You are not here by accident tonight. But there is a door in the spirit and there is accompanying angelic host that would help execute the purpose for the reason that you came here to this gathering tonight. Mesekobaya mosakabakaya. For this is a gathering of eagles. This is a gathering of pioneers and people who break through. This is a gathering of people who love my word. This is a gathering of people 
who love my presence. This is a gathering of people who love my voice. And so I say tonight that I'm stamping people with purpose and a grace to advance and apostolic power for the assignment that I've given in the earth. And I'll release an accelerating grace to many. Many of you will be astounded at the work that I'll do in your life in the next 12-month season. Because indeed, there is a spirit of acceleration. There is a spirit of breakthrough. There is a spirit to overcome. For some in this room, you've come to false finish lines. You've thought this is the end of the race, but you were only a quarter of the race through. For some in this room, you said, I've retired, and now I'll just enjoy my life. For some in this room, you thought this will be the best it'll ever be. But I say to you, there is much more that I've created you for. And the Lord says, I want to expand even the body of Christ's vision in this region. Expansion. Expansion of vision. Expansion of purpose. Expansion of what I would do with a single generation. For this generation in this room, you are the building blocks for what I desire to do in this region for the next seven generations. And I want you to leave Mahaso Kabahaya. There is a mandate upon the people in this room to leave a legacy for generations to come. That you might be like my servant David, who when he had served the purposes of God for his generation, then he died. Shababa Shakabaya. Should we receive this word tonight?